You are listening to The Pregnancy Podcast with Vanessa Merton. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Pregnancy Podcast. Last week, we talked about your birth plan and went through the 10 steps to creating and writing your birth plan to get the birth experience you want for you and your baby. I also shared a new resource, the Your Birth Plan book that has a ton of info on everything that you can include, plus a full template that you can customize to your preferences and sample plans for a lot of different types of births. If you missed that episode, you can go back and check out episode 49. The Your Birth Plan book is available right now as an ebook, and I promise a physical copy is going to be available any day. Everything is approved with the publisher, and I'm just waiting for it to populate on Amazon. As soon as it is out, I will be sure to let you know. It will be on social media, and I'll also be sending out an email if you are on the email list. If you are not already on the Pregnancy Podcast newsletter list, you can sign up on the website or go to PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash newsletter. In today's episode, we are talking about alcohol and pregnancy. Alcohol is one of the very first things to go once you see that positive pregnancy test. A lot of expecting moms have questions about alcohol and pregnancy. I know that I definitely did when I was pregnant. Like, can you drink alcohol during your pregnancy? Does it affect your baby? How much is okay? These are questions that you may have asked your doctor or midwife, and you usually get one of two answers. You hear absolutely no alcohol in any quantity, or you're going to hear it's okay to enjoy a glass of wine from time to time with a meal. So which is it? This episode is really going to get into all of the details on alcohol and pregnancy and what the research says about drinking while you are pregnant. When you drink alcohol, it is absorbed through your stomach and small intestines and it enters your bloodstream. Once it's in your bloodstream, it goes everywhere to your heart, brain, muscles, and other tissues. If you are pregnant, it's also going to your placenta and then it gets passed to your baby through the umbilical cord. So yes, if you enjoy a beer or a glass of wine, your baby does too. But don't fret yet because we are going to get into drinking in moderation and whether a drink or two is okay. This episode is not going to be a lecture on don't drink or it will harm your baby. I will not spend a lot of time on this, but just to get it out there and out of the way, Binge drinking, which is usually defined as five or more drinks, or consumption of a lot of alcohol is a huge no-no. I don't have to tell you that. It's really common sense, and you already know this. Alcohol is a toxin and a very powerful one in high quantities, and there is a whole range of problems known as fetal alcohol spectrum disorders that can include a long list of issues, including abnormal facial features, small head size, shorter than average height, low body weight, poor coordination, hyperactive behavior, difficulty with attention, poor memory, learning disabilities, speech and language delays, intellectual disability or low IQ, poor reasoning and judgment skills, sleep and sucking problems as a baby, vision or hearing problems, and problems with heart, kidney, or bones. Some of these issues carry on well into the adult life of your baby. I'm not going to get into the research on high consumption of alcohol. There are a lot of studies out there, and they will all tell you what you already know, which is consuming high amounts of alcohol when you are pregnant is a very bad idea. 
Most major organizations advise against alcohol in any amount. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention state that there is no known safe amount of alcohol to drink while pregnant. I will link to the CDC site if you want to read more from them. According to the American Academy of Pediatrics, prenatal exposure to alcohol can damage the developing fetus and is the leading preventable cause of birth defects and intellectual and neurodevelopmental disabilities. The Academy states that during pregnancy, no amount of alcohol intake should be considered safe. There is no safe trimester to drink alcohol. All forms of alcohol, such as beer, wine, and liquor, pose similar risk. And binge drinking poses dose-related risk to the developing fetus. I will link to their full statement on their website if you want to read more from the American Academy of Pediatrics. If you are trying to conceive and not pregnant yet, first off, kudos to you for getting a head start on learning about all of this stuff. There are a few studies worth mentioning about alcohol consumption and trying to conceive. A Danish study from 2003 of 7,700 women found that alcohol consumption was associated with infertility in women over 30 when they drank more than seven drinks per week. The researchers did not find the same correlation in younger women. I have a lot of friends whose hangover suddenly got worse after their 30th birthday, and anyone in their 30s will tell you that they don't bounce back quite as well after drinking as they did in their 20s. The researchers didn't really state why they thought that this had an effect in women over 30, but not under. I will link to the Danish review on alcohol and infertility in the show notes if you want to read more. A Spanish study of 668 couples found no association between difficulty getting pregnant and alcohol consumption. This was measured by couples who consulted a physician for difficulty conceiving. Of course, I know that you hear this so much on this podcast, but the researchers do note that more studies are needed to adequately determine the effects of alcohol consumption on fertility. If you want to read more from this study, I will link to it in the show notes, and those are at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash episode 50. Also worth mentioning is a review that evaluated studies on whether alcohol consumption affects male reproductive function. They found that alcohol consumption is associated with a they found that alcohol consumption is associated with a deterioration of sperm parameters, which may be partially reversible upon alcohol consumption discontinuation. I will note that they did not find an association between alcohol consumption and fertility in males, just that there were abnormalities in the sperm. If you want to read this review, I will link to it in the show notes for this episode. If you are trying to get pregnant, the healthier you and your partner are, the better. This is common sense, right? Binge drinking and tying one on are probably not going to help with your health. With that being said, I did not find research showing that low to moderate drinking had a major impact on fertility. A big question many expecting moms ask is, I went out and had a party night or maybe a couple of party nights before I knew I was pregnant and I was drinking. Is my baby going to be okay? As soon as you know or suspect that you are pregnant, you need to be watching your alcohol consumption. There is no sense in stressing out over the party night that you had before you realized that you were pregnant. A lot of women have been in that same situation and went on to have perfectly healthy babies. No point in stressing out about the past. Just make sure that you're mindful of it moving forward. Okay, we have covered binge drinking, obviously a bad idea. 
alcohol consumption when trying to conceive, and drinking before you knew that you were pregnant. What I think you will most want to hear about is what about one or two drinks while you are pregnant? I do recommend you ask your doctor or midwife about this and get their recommendation. They are your trusted partner during your pregnancy, and their professional opinion is going to carry a lot of weight. It is going to be easiest and probably the most common for care providers to make their recommendation on alcohol consumption very black and white and say, just don't do it. Perhaps this is what you have already heard from your doctor or midwife, or your care provider may be a little more laid back and might have told you, go ahead and enjoy a glass of wine. Obviously, their priority is your health and the health of your baby, and chances are they're going to play it safe. When I was pregnant, I had an OBGYN tell me absolutely no alcohol in any amount, and then a midwife tell me that it was okay to have a drink here and there. Getting mixed messages surely does not make this issue any less confusing. Hopefully, by diving into some of the research, we can make it an easier call for you. Any of the studies that I am talking about from this point forward are focused on low to moderate alcohol consumption. We are talking about a drink or a few drinks a week. By a few drinks a week, I mean on different days, not all at once. A review done by the University of Oxford looked at 46 different studies on low to moderate alcohol consumption and the outcomes of miscarriage, stillbirth, intrauterine growth restriction, prematurity, birth weight, small for gestational age at birth, and birth defects, including fetal alcohol syndrome. This review was done in the UK, and they considered low to moderate levels of alcohol to be up to 10.4 units of alcohol. If you don't live in the UK, you're probably wondering what a unit of alcohol is. A unit of alcohol is 10 milliliters or 8 grams of pure alcohol. A standard drink, as we know it in the United States and probably other countries like Australia and Canada, is going to have between 1 to 3 units of alcohol. If you want to know what the conversion is, you can multiply the volume of the drink in milliliters by the ABV or percentage of alcohol and then divide the result by 1,000. For a quick, simple reference, a normal size bottle of wine is 750 milliliters. If the wine is 13.5% alcohol, the whole bottle is just over 10 units. So in terms of this study, they considered low to moderate drinking as about a bottle of wine or less per week. The review concluded that no convincing evidence of adverse effects of prenatal alcohol exposure at low to moderate levels of exposure were found. However, there were some weaknesses in the evidence, and they're not saying that drinking at these levels during pregnancy is safe. I will put a link to this review in the show notes if you want to read more on it. Back to the note on units of alcohol. All alcoholic drinks are not equal. You really can't compare any glass of wine to any beer to any cocktail. You need to be looking at the alcohol content and the size of the drink. If you are out and a bartender makes you a drink, you aren't going to know exactly how much is in there. Beer can range from 3% alcohol up to 10% or more. Wine usually ranges from 12 to 14%. Hard liquor is the highest at 35 to 40% although that is usually mixed in with some other non-alcoholic ingredients. I don't imagine that you are going to be doing shots. I really like the units of alcohol put in place in the UK because it makes it much easier to compare one alcoholic drink to another. 
In the U.S., comparing a five-ounce glass of 12% wine and a pint of beer that has 5.5% alcohol is a little bit more of a challenge. Like I mentioned, adding in cocktails can be even more confusing. Also, your size and weight and whether you are having a drink with a meal or on an empty stomach is all going to impact how your body metabolizes the alcohol, and it's going to be different for everyone. You really need to use your judgment and common sense if you do decide to enjoy a drink. There really is a gray area on what is considered low to moderate alcohol consumption, and I would say err on the side of caution. A study of nearly 4,500 women looked at low to moderate alcohol consumption during the first and third trimester. This study found that a lot of women reported some alcohol consumption during their pregnancy, 29% during the first month, which I'm sure included a lot of women who did not know that they were pregnant in month one. This dropped to 9% in the second month and 7% in the third month. The median was that women in their first trimester had about one drink per week. In month seven, 11% of women in the study had some exposure to alcohol, and this increased to a total of 29% over the course of the whole third trimester. Even though expecting moms are often told by care providers to abstain from alcohol completely, a good number of pregnant women do enjoy a drink here and there. The results of this study suggest low to moderate alcohol exposure during early and late gestation is not associated with increased risk of low birth weight, preterm delivery, intrauterine growth restriction, and most selected perinatal outcomes. The researchers noted that second trimester exposure was not assessed, but it's unlikely to have deviated in a meaningful way from the first and third trimester assessments. This study relied on participants reporting their alcohol consumption, so it is assumed that they were truthful and there was no way to measure it exactly. If you want to read this complete study, which is pretty long, I will put a link to it in the show notes. Your baby goes through so much development and different things are happening in each week of your pregnancy. You probably have an app on your phone that tells you what your baby is up to each week. And if you haven't checked it out, I also do this on the 40 Weeks podcast. There is a short five-minute episode for each week of pregnancy, and I break down what is going on with your baby, what's happening with your body, plus I give a tip for dad at the end of each episode. You can find that at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash week, and you can even sign up with your email address and due date, and then I'll send you an email with a link every week when you start a new week of your pregnancy journey. What about effects to your baby in the long term? Five Danish studies of over 1,600 women looked at the effects of alcohol on IQ, attention span, executive functions such as planning, organization, and self-control in five-year-old children. The studies found that low to moderate weekly drinking in early pregnancy had no significant effect on neurodevelopment on children that were aged five years. Focusing on children's IQ and executive functions, no differences in test performance were observed in children whose mothers reported between one to four or five to eight drinks per week in pregnancy compared to children of mothers who avoided alcohol. However, one finding showed that high levels of alcohol, which was nine or more drinks per week, was associated with a lower attention span amongst five-year-olds. The authors concluded that it remains the most conservative advice for women to abstain from alcohol during pregnancy, 
However, small amounts may not present a serious concern. This study measured low consumption as one to four drinks per week, moderate as five to eight, and high levels of alcohol as more than nine drinks per week. I will link to an article that sums up all of these five studies. And if you want even more detail, you can scroll to the end of the article and there's going to be links to each of the five studies. I'm going to stop there with digging into research. I could literally be sifting through data and studies for weeks on this topic. There is a lot of research out there. Let me try to sum all of this research up for you. Low to moderate alcohol consumption does not appear to be associated with adverse outcomes. Keep in mind, this is just from the research that I have seen, and we're talking about one, two, four, five drinks per week, not all in the same night. Low to moderate is a bit of a gray area, and it really is not universally defined. Staying healthy during your pregnancy is obviously a priority, and best case scenario is probably that you abstain from alcohol. That would probably be the safest thing to do. I want to remain neutral here, so I'm not going to tell you that having a drink is perfectly okay. On the same note, I'm not going to judge you for it either, and neither should anybody else. You know what your doctor or midwife thinks about it. If you don't know, ask them what their recommendation is. You've listened to me hash over a lot of research on the podcast today. It's your call. If you're comfortable enjoying a glass of wine with dinner or a mimosa with brunch, you certainly can do that. If you feel better not drinking at all, then do that. Ultimately, it is up to you. There's just a couple quick things that I want to add about social drinking and how to handle a couple different scenarios. The first is, what if you're not ready to tell your friends that you're pregnant and you have that wedding or that party to go to and everybody is going to know that you're pregnant if you don't drink? If you're not ready to tell people that you're pregnant, don't. If you think that you need to fake that you were drinking to keep your cover, then fake it. A lot of people will probably be focused on themselves and other things, and they're not even going to notice if you aren't drinking. I have a buddy who takes an empty beer can and fills it with water at parties so that he can appear like he's drinking when he really isn't. There can be a lot of social pressure to join the party and have drinks with your friends. You could always just say that you are the designated driver for the night or hang out with a glass of club soda on the rocks with a lemon wedge in it. You could even tell your friends that you're on a 30-day no-drinking cleanse, whatever you need to do to be comfortable in your social circles. Another scenario is that you might be feeling left out. There are some great alternatives to drinking if you are hanging out with friends who are having alcoholic beverages and you are not. Go for something like a ginger beer that doesn't have alcohol or a sparkling soda. Mocktails are delicious. You make these just like a cocktail, but without the alcohol. And if you're missing your Friday happy hour mules or margaritas, you can always make a virgin one. If you are adjusting to some changes in your social circles since you found out you were pregnant, I feel you. A quick story about some awkwardness that I encountered when I was pregnant some great friends of my husband and I would hang out often and have beers. And when I got pregnant, we didn't quite hang out as much. We were on different tracks with different priorities. One night they called my husband and asked if we wanted to come over and play board games. Not to knock anyone who plays board games. Board games could be fun, but this just was not something that we ever did. I asked my husband, board games, what the, why do they want us to come over and play board games? 
And then I realized that my friends had no idea what to do with me. They didn't know how to hang out with me because when we hung out, we always had drinks. I had to tell them, hey guys, let's just do what we always do and hang out and I just won't drink. We don't have to play Monopoly or find new things to do. Let's just hang out and be normal people. It can really be strange when you're used to wine night every Thursday and then suddenly you're the designated driver every time you hang out with your friends. This is such a major adjustment period for you and it can be challenging at times. To recap today's episode, that positive result on your pregnancy test means that you definitely need to either cut out or really limit your alcohol consumption. Obviously, binge drinking is out of the question, and you should be careful about having a beer or a glass of wine. We talked about alcohol consumption and trying to conceive and alcohol consumption during pregnancy. This episode was really focused on what the research says about low to moderate consumption of alcohol or an occasional drink during your pregnancy. Talk to your doctor or midwife. Feel free to check out the links in the show notes to the studies that we talked about today. Do your own research and use your common sense. Ultimately, whether you choose to have an occasional drink or abstain from alcohol altogether is your choice. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Pregnancy Podcast today. I hope that you found this episode helpful. Let's stay close to this topic. And next week, we will talk about caffeine, whether you can have that cup of coffee or latte in the morning or not, and what you need to watch out for and pay attention to before you drink a beverage with caffeine in it. As always, you can contact me, Vanessa, at PregnancyPodcast.com. You can find notes and resources for this episode at PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash episode 50. Be sure to check out the Your Birth Plan book. You can see a preview of the book at PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash Your Birth Plan, or just search for Your Birth Plan on Amazon. The best part about this book is the template, which covers everything that you could include, no matter what type of birth you're planning. You can customize this to fit your specific preferences, and it's going to save you a ton of time because you're not going to be creating this from scratch. The whole process this book walks you through to create and write your birth plan is going to have you going into labor with so much confidence. You are also welcome to join me in the Pregnancy Podcast community on Facebook, where you can connect with some other expecting moms and ask questions specific to what you are going through in your pregnancy and planning for your birth. I will put a link to this group in the show notes.